What is up and welcome everybody back to the Unfiltered Fitness Podcast. My name is Seth Bessie, as always, sitting here today with Luke Triveline. And um, this is episode 20, so we've uh, gone through a lot of different topics and we've been having a lot of fun. So today we're just going to kind of, you know, talk about some ideas we've been having and let the conversations roll. So one of the first questions actually that I wanted to ask you for today is, um, you know, I've been a personal trainer. I've been certified now for six years and um, I've been working with you for almost coming up on four years now. And obviously you've been a huge mentor for me, um, you know, obviously in the fitness space, but also in different stuff as well. And uh, you've taught me a lot in terms of this whole industry. And like, what would you say if, if I'm a, a guy looking, in, looking into getting a personal training certification, I wanna start training people, what would you say is like the core things that I should be focusing on, the, you know, what kind of certifications I should be looking at, just kind of basic information like that, but then also, you know, more in-depth stuff. Uh, one, I mean, if you're younger, you know, and you're going to college, I would look to get a degree in the field you know, exercise science, health and fitness, something along those lines. If you're not in college or you already graduated and want to get into training, you know, looking at a, a base certification, you know, NSCA and ACSM are probably the top two, and then ACE and ISSA are, uh, you know, also good ones as well to work on. But, you know, to at least get a base certification to, uh, one, show that you're knowledgeable, two, that you can study and pass something and not right. just... You know, say, I like to work out, I'm going to work people out. Right. Um, but the biggest thing about training to me and working out, even on your own, if you're an individual that's not a trainer, you know, educating yourself outside of, you know, one time passing a, a test or something, like staying up with any current information, again, reading anything from the NSCA, human kinetics, right. they, may, they, you know, they pretty much write all the book or publish all the books. Um, ACSM, all those things, they, they publish stuff. Anything that's, you know, peer-reviewed, meta-analysis type science-based stuff are always good to read, learn, you know, learning about power training, strength training, you know, uh, individual training for either sport or um, something else along those lines that you could learn as well. Like, if you're training, you're going to the gym, you should have some type of base of knowledge, whether you're mm. beginning into training or just working out on your own. You know, my initial, my initial, you know, stuff was Flex Magazine and stuff like that when I was in high right. school. Kind of got me like, all right, I'm going to do my three sets of 10, this and that, which is, you know, not really great information. That's for right. like bodybuilders that are all juiced up. But it was a start. At least I was learning something yeah, to learning an extent, something. learning, you know, bodybuilding splits and stuff like that. But right. as far as learning how the body works, how the body recovers, um, you know, uh, your central nervous system, you know, things that you should be doing that to understand that I think a lot of people have the issues with they go to the gym and they're not getting results, even though they're doing hard work at times, but they're also beating their body up to the point where it can't recover, repair and grow and burn calories like they should. Right. So, I mean, just having that base knowledge of the human body, I would say learn the human body, learn how it works, learn how it moves, learn how it, you know, everything connects and that'll give you a really good base to work with a lot of different groups of people and train yourself as right. well. You know, I would almost say like, I just had this analogy pop in my head. Like if you are, you want to work out, like you know that you want to work out. I would say that almost, you could relate it to like thinking, I want to save money. Now what you could do is you could start shoving money in your pillowcase and hiding it under your bed or you could take a step further and read a book about how to invest, how to save money, and then your knowledge will grow. 
or even better, you could hire a professional to teach you how to do those things so that you don't have to invest all that time, but obviously you're investing money. So, um, you know, it's the same thing with, with fitness. It's like you could just go to the gym with no knowledge, but you're basically stuffing money in your pillowcase, making 0% return. You're, you're actually losing money because of inflation. And that, that's the whole thing with fitness. Like you could just go to the gym, but you're probably wasting your time if you have no knowledge. But I think for most people, if they just picked up a book and read it um, on fitness, they'd be pretty amazed at how much you would learn you know, even if it's just a pretty basic book like yours, you know, you have you have your what's the title of your book? Exercise is dead. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> exercise is dead. But you'd have to read it to understand why. Right, right. But like, even if you just picked up your book and read that, I think most people would be amazed at like the the wealth of knowledge that you'd be able to get out of that stuff, and just in terms of a base to be able to give you some confidence when you go to the gym. That like, you know what? I kind of know what I'm doing a little bit. I don't know everything yet, but I at least know enough to be able to send myself through a solid workout and know that I'm going to make progress from this. Well, shit, it was 17 years ago when I started training. I yeah. thought I knew a lot. I thought yeah. I knew. And then I started reading. I was like, I don't know fucking dick. <laughs> you know, like there's way people yeah. way smarter than me, way more educated, way better, right, right. you know, way more in-depth of, you know, certain fields. I got. I just like, I'm like, I look good. I got my my certification iPad and I'm like, and then you start reading different books and you're right. like, man, there's a lot of information out there. And that go, I think that goes for anybody in almost any field. Like how many people just work, go home and completely shut their brain off and not get any better at their job and then bitch right. about why they're not getting raises or moving up or making more money. Right. Like, dude, you have the same knowledge you did eight years ago. Right. You didn't, you have done nothing to improve yourself, get better and show somebody that you're worth more money. Right. Right. I mean, that's a that's a huge thing with clients, too. I mean, even if, you know, if you're coming to the gym every day as a personal trainer, like and you're just giving them the same same kinds of programs, same thing over and over again, you know, and, and repetition is great. And obviously the, the foundation is the foundation. You need to stick with the basics with a lot of stuff like I'm always going to have people do squats and lunges and stuff. But like if I'm not learning and trying new things with my clients and growing it, with the clients that I can try new things with, like you talk about speed training all the time with your younger people and your athletes, like if you're not doing that kind of stuff, then you're not bringing any more value to the table. And of course, like, you know, without bringing more value then you're actually dying. It's the same thing with business. If you're not growing, you're dying. It's, it, you're not stagnant. I think there's a lot of shitty trainers out there too, that just steal stuff from the internet yeah. And then put it in like, oh, this is fancy. And then some parent likes, oh, my kid's doing this. Like, no, your kid it shouldn't be doing that. It's right. just made up. They're not like developing. Now, I'm not saying there's not good trainers out there. I'm just saying right. a lot of it is just, you know, off the Internet, saw it, looked cool. I'm going to give it to this kid. Instead of developing a base from an early age, progressing slowly over time and, uh, you know, developing a, a core of fundamental movements, you know, speed and coordination, flexibility and mobility, all that stuff that should be developed early on. And I think kids get thrown into adult style training programs. You know, they see like, mm -hmm. yeah, these division one athletes are doing this. Well, your kid's fucking 10. He's not a division one <laughs> athlete. He's still growing. He's right. still maturing. He shouldn't be doing these high intensity stuff. Uh, not that you can't do some high intensity, but to the, the depth and the intensity that you know, these adult programs are given to kids right. is, you know, I think. Yeah, it's like issue. this D1 athlete's been doing this for 10 years. Like, he's a, he has 10 years and of foundation. And a fully grown human being. Right, right. Like, your developing. kid hasn't even been alive for 10 years. They don't need to be doing this kind of stuff. For sure. I mean, that's a huge thing with parents, though. Every parent thinks that their kid's going to be a D1 athlete. And that's, uh, you know. Even though they have god-awful genes, never were an athlete. <laughs> 
and uh, you know they're about five two, and we'll think they're going to be basketball players. Right, right. And there's I, nothing wrong with trying, but like right. don't be have delusions of grandeur about thinking your kid is going to be a you know right a super stud and spending all this money and spending spending time with your kid or doing other things. Right, I'm not yeah. here to bash parents and stuff for like sure, that. For I'm sure, I'm a parent. My kids are four and five, or three and four, and you know I want them to be you know in sports and stuff like that, but yeah. I. Uh, I will understand their limitations and do right. my best to help them along the way, but I'm not going to force something down their right. throat because that's what I want. Right. I know your kids are still young, but I've literally and like you're you're a freaking athlete. You're a great wrestler. I mean, you're an athlete all around, and I've never once heard you say like, "Oh, she's going to be a D1." Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like I've never heard you talk like that. I know your kids are still young, so it's like it would be too early to say that kind of and stuff. And they come anyway. to wrestling and stuff, and I'm, right. my dad's like, "Ah, they're a little young." I'm like. They're having fun. I don't give a shit. Right. If, they, if they pick up one thing and they're having fun, that right. means they enjoy the time on the mat, and they're not going to hate it the next time I take them back. When when kids hate something and not having fun, they don't want to go back. Right. And they need to have fun. And yeah. if you know, they're there to learn too. Don't get me wrong, but it, they they kids have short attention spans. They'll listen, but not for very long. You can't just keep, you know, showing the same thing over. They got to have some fun. They got to play a little game, and they got to want to come back. Because otherwise, when they stop having fun. They don't want to come back. Like even my girls' gymnastics, like a couple times in a row, like they're like, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. Well, they didn't seem to have as much fun with one coach as they did with another. And uh, you know, then we went to another coach, and they had a blast the whole time and wanted right. to go back. You know, so it, right. I think coaches and trainers and parents play a big role in the enjoyment level and and how they are exposed to certain things. Right. Yeah, and especially when kids are that young, it's like they. It, not to say that kids, you know, need to. I don't know how I should phrase this without being super offensive, but like I feel like parents get kind of crazy when their kids are good at something where they don't want them to have a life outside of that, especially if they're living vicariously through them. Like I, I used to train this uh, this swimmer, and she was in, she was an incredible swimmer, and uh, she placed in state her freshman year. She won state for her events her her sophomore year, and uh, I mean she had D one schools talking to her. She was like. She was an incredible swimmer. Her junior year, she was just so burnt out, done with it. She hated it. And it was like, it's because she literally never had time to relax and just be a kid. And like, I know that's kind of, you know, that's soft to say or whatever, like your kids should work hard, but it's like they're kids. Like they need to be able to enjoy their lives. And and the reality is, is that from the time that she was like eight years old, every single summer was spent at a freaking camp. And it's like, that just sucks for kids. And that's why at 17 years old, she could have gotten a full ride to a D1 college with how great of a swimmer she was. And she quit going into her senior year because she, she literally like fought with her parents like, I don't care. You can kick me out of your house. I'm not swimming. I mean, there's only a few sports that you need to like specialize super early, like gymnastics or like snowboarding where you have to have a feel for the air. You have to have a feel for... You know, there's just you, you can't pick those up later on and expect to be good. I mean, in the age, like if you look at high level Olympic gymnastics, they're like 16, 17, 18. Like they're done yeah. at 20. Yeah, that's like crazy. Their, their career is over. So there are a couple, and like, you know, and there are a very small percent, but that are like, die, they love it. They are in it. They're all for it. They, they don't mind missing the stuff and are willing to sacrifice. But that is like 1% of kids. The other kids just want to have fun, compete. You know, be on a team. They, they, it's not that they don't try hard or don't, but the, they know that high school is probably the end of their 
sport career and maybe right. they, but you know what then you go on and you pick up a new thing you pick up jujitsu you start playing slow pitch softball you know what i mean right. like you pick up something else you still can be competitive you right. still can do tournaments you still can do things and then you have a life and you don't have to dedicate four hours a day to it you still can work you still can right. have friends family relationship uh you know and not to say that you shouldn't strive to be a professional athlete but i'm just saying that's less than one percent of human beings are going to be professional athletes right I mean, I mean you can almost tell you know when they're in high school you can almost tell just the love that they have for the sport i mean you train a, a kid who's going to uh he's looking at what dartmouth or something like that for baseball and then oh yeah another... he's going no he's going to uh, virginia oh he's going baseball. to baseball yeah he's right. already committed so he's an incredible baseball player and he obviously loves it it's right. like you can almost tell just being around them that's like okay yeah, this kid's going to be well, a it's crazy. athlete. I, these things didn't even exist, really. He he traveled. One, one day he goes to Indy, travels two and a half hours by himself, goes does a uh, like a, a lesson with some guy in Indy. Then he'll drive three hours to Iowa to do a batting lesson and drive That's back. Insane. You know, like, first of all, that didn't even exist when I was a kid. Uh, now kids are willing to do it. I mean, that's – but that's – and now it's so competitive that you you almost have to do those type of things to to keep up with everybody else. Right. And it's gotten to the point where you know a, a lot of it, especially at the young like twelve and under, is all a money grab. They yeah. have all these fucking who gives a shit if your kid is an eight U U national champion. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, I get it, but like you're yeah. gonna travel to California for a kid to you know play in two baseball games yeah. or something like that. That's just insane. You're gonna get just as good competition where you're at. Right. They're eight. Right. You know, like, so what? Yeah. No one's sitting around bragging about their 8U baseball team when they're 30 years old. You know, like, if you are, then it's pretty sad. Yeah. I feel like we've all been at a hotel where there's a softball tournament going on where literally the parents are just there to drink. Yeah, they just tailgate. <laughs> tailgate, watch my kid play, Yeah, you know, and, and yeah. be happy with it. Yeah, which is fine, you know, whatever, as long as your kid's enjoying it. But the reality is is that the percentage that they're going to be a professional athlete is very, very small. And if you're pushing them so much, the percentage that they're going to end up hating what they're doing is very, very large. You know, and I look back and when I would travel and do, like, a tournament with my dad or something like that, like, I wanted to do it. He wanted me to do it, so it was it was mutual. And I, you know, we got to talk on the car. Right? You could spend time with each other. He would coach me. You know, like those are times that you know I cherish and, and look back and enjoy. Right. Uh, but but if you're forcing the kid, you know, and they don't really want to be there, even if they're good, you know, it's not going to be an enjoyable car ride. It's not going to be an enjoyable tournament. Right. You know, things like that. It's got to be a. I don't know how many good athletes I've seen over the years get burnt out, quit, done, or, you know, peaked in high school and did play college sports or, and then, but the rest of the field caught up with them. And once you start getting in that, kids are, I've been killing everybody and kids are catching up with me. And then they, that mental breakdown kind of comes in where I'm not good enough. Right. Uh, and I've seen that happen a lot too. Right. But, you know, I, I'm all for youth sports. I mean, I think it's a great thing. I, I feel parents should initially put them in things have them try it definitely not i mean how many times my daughter like she'd be like i don't want to go to soccer today i'm like you're going you're on the team mm. you're going and right. then she'd get there and be completely fine because yeah she'd rather stay home and play or something right. like that. i right. get it um and if you sign up for something i think you should be committed to it and finish it through see it through you should never let your kids quit just because they're not having a fun time or this or that at least make them finish the season and if they don't want to go back then they don't do it again right but i would expose my kids to as many different things as possible to see what they like 
not just saying, well, I love golf, so they're going to golf. Right. You know, like, and then force it down their throat. Right. You know, I think they should try everything, uh, be well-rounded, and uh, eventually, once you get into high school, you specialize, you focus in, you hone in on, uh, on one sport. But there are a lot of good multi-sport athletes out there, and, and a lot of the recruiting people like multi-sport athletes. It shows mm. they're, you know, well-rounded and can right. play other sports and can be on different teams and listen to coaches and right. you know that's the most important thing and I, I said this at my uh, sports banquet the other night I go you know every kid wants to be downstate play be a state champ but that doesn't happen for everybody and I go the work ethic the time and the effort and the commitment that you've given to this sport will pay dividends far more than the medal around your neck like I, mm. no one no one cares what you're out of high school no one gives a shit Right. I mean, no one's, like I said earlier, no one's reminiscing about their, right. or at least I, you shouldn't be. Who cares? <laughs> move on to the next thing. Move on to the next challenge. You know, it's fun in the time you're in it, and then when it's over with, move on, find another thing. But use that skill set that you developed playing that sport and do it in something else. Be something, you know, be a great parent. Be a good in your business. Pick up a new sport. You know, like there's a million things out there you could do, even if you're not even a great athlete. I mean, what, there's pickleball. Right, you know, there's right. things you could do that are fun, competitive, right. and you can get into. And, and just say, like, I used to be a high, high school athlete. Like, well, what happened? Just because right. they weren't forcing sports down your throat anymore doesn't mean you can't compete. Yeah, I mean, you have such an amazing base of athleticism going into everything else. It's like, you know, you'll enjoy it. And the thing is, too, is, like, the more variety you have in things that you do, the more you'll – you know, get into to different stuff. I mean, I, I didn't, um, not that I, I don't, I haven't done jujitsu in a while now, but, um, I love doing that stuff. And, um, more than anything, the reason I haven't done it is just kind of circumstance. I got into doing different things, but like, I love doing that stuff. And that was never a part of my childhood growing up. Like that was never anything that I did. My dad never really forced me into it. My brother wrestled a little bit, but he was never like that great. But, um, you know, once I got into jujitsu, I fell in love with it. But it was the, obviously, like, I, I played football growing up, and I, I've always golfed, and, like, the just the base of athleticism and obviously working out in general, like, it, I was pretty solid at it just with my, my athletic ability, and that's what got me more and more into it. If I was a turd and I didn't work out at all and then I just tried to do jujitsu one day, I probably would have sucked, and it probably would have uh, not been as encouraging for me to keep going. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely people should stay competitive as they age, no matter what. There's age groups for everything. Um, some of my best athletic memories are post-college. Like mm. all the th powerlifting competitions, all the races I ran, slow pitch softball, jujitsu, you know, doing physique competitions, stuff like that. Something that gives me something to work for because just working out to look good or health mm. does get boring after a while. Yeah. It can be boring. Yeah. Um, you know, it's nice to know that you're training for a half marathon, a triathlon, a jujitsu tournament, a pickleball tournament. Right. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you, even if you play pick up basketball games at, you know, the local Y or something like that, at least you're out there being competitive, being active and burning calories, you right. know, and using your body the way it's designed and not just sitting on the house on the couch watching Netflix for four hours right. know, bitching that there's nothing on the TV <laughs> and then wondering why you're overweight and out of shape and miserable. Right. So, yeah, so we have, and we kind of talked about this uh, the other day about how, like, um, you know, people have, people who come in who have no athletic base at all, 
so we've we've spent this few whatever 20 minutes talking about parents who are kind of a little overbearing like wanting their kids to be d1 athletes and everything like that but i think the far majority of parents are just letting their kids do whatever the hell they want and their kids are sitting inside all day playing video games and watching tv and then these kids go out into the world and they're just you have no foundation for any kind of health in your life because all your parents ever taught you is that it's okay to just sit in the house and play games all day and people don't even go outside anymore it's like we have this generation of people coming into the world that literally just sit on their sit on TikTok and play video games all day long and literally can't even I mean we're going to be such a healthy unhealthy generation coming into this next 20 years. I mean obviously if you want to be a high level athlete first of all you better have pretty damn good genetics. Um, right. that's that's a big part of being a high level athlete and two you got to have a base of movement. You have to have some coordination that if you weren't God-given talent, you better be working your ass off, building right. a foundation, learning functional movements, being able to move through space, you know, and then there's a million things other that people don't really think about. Reaction time. I mean, if, if you have slow reaction time in like high intensity sports, you're not going to be good at sports. Mm. I mean, you're just not. I mean, think about a base, swinging a base. If you have a slow reaction time, you're going to be a shitty hitter. Right. You know what I mean? If, you, if you're in wrestling, if you have slow reaction time, you're not going to be very explosive, you're gonna get taken down a lot, you're, you know, things like that that aren't necessarily always trained. And if you're not genetically gifted, you have to double down on all of those things that someone who is genetically gifted kind of gets naturally. And therein lies like the, the parent thing where if you're, I mean, you see this little turd that like can't even fucking chew gum and walk <laughs> at the same time. Like you gotta understand that right. this kid is only gonna go so far. Right. Uh, and. and there are certain sports that kids can do that are uh, more, you know, genetically for them. You know, mm -hmm. if you're a kid, you can't fucking walk, move. You know, maybe you're a bowler. You right. know what I mean? Like, maybe right. that's your thing. If you are you just... You do anything now. I mean, if you're not explosive <laughs> naturally, I mean, you're never going to be like a, a wide receiver or a good one or like right. you know, a sprinter or something like that. Right. You should... If you look at all professional athletes, typically they all look... Similar, right? Basketball players are all tall, kind of look away. Baseball players kind of look away. Wrestlers look away. That's because right. their their genetics are great for those sports. That's why doing sports is great because it, you could do you could not be genetically great or shorter or taller and find something that you can be good at. Right. I mean, think about golf. Like, you no, know, there's not a single, especially few years ago before you know training for a sport became a real thing. Like, there were so many fat people. On the on the BGA tour, that were like just absolute slobs, like smoking cigarettes and stuff. And I mean, look at John Daly. Like these these guys are slobs, but you know he's an incredible golfer. And that that's yeah, something I wouldn't that, throw them in the you know the high end athlete. No, but, no. Um, there is you know hand eye coordination you need to be pretty good at. But that is golf is a a repetitive thing. You have to do thousands and thousands and thousands of shots. Right. You know what it's I mean? More to be good mental. at that. Right. And that, it's, it's another sport that, you know, if you don't pick up early, you're definitely yeah. not going to be on the PGA Tour when you're 20. You can't pick up golf at 15 and be amazing. Right. But know? even, like, like you could tell the story about your brother and how, like, he's an incredible golfer. But he, he played since he was three years old. His oh, whole really? life. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, he won all, like, the Niger tournaments and really? stuff like that. But he was a three-sport athlete in high school, so... He was captain of the, you know, the golf team, captain of the uh, <laughs> hockey team, won a state championship with the soccer team. So he was a three-sport athlete in high school, which is 
pretty fucking tough to do, especially be varsity on three sports. Right. Uh, but he played. But again, he was good at him because he was a multi-sport athlete growing up. Played mm-hmm. everything, tried everything. Um, but when you do that type of stuff, that doesn't mean. If I'm a three sport, that doesn't mean I'm not hitting balls on a Sunday during hockey season. You know right, what I mean? You, right. you keep up with it to an extent, but you play other sports in the meantime. And I think people think that well, if they're not just doing gymnastics twenty four seven, like they can't ever be good. Like, well, you can still do it, but just do it less while you have your right. other season. Give them a break. Give them a, if you listen to Wayne Gretzky talk, the greatest fucking hockey player of all time, played other sports, played baseball. It was a mental break for him. It got him away from hockey from a little bit it, mm. you know, he enjoyed it and then when baseball season was over went back to hockey right and still, still studied and became the greatest hockey player of all time right yeah and it's just i mean you're gonna have such a such a great t- i mean you talk about your brother and how you'll go out with him even now and he's just he picks up the sport golf like it's nothing you know he'll go out and play with crappy clubs and just absolutely smoke right. everybody by 30 strokes right right so it's just such a you have such an advantage, you know, being versatile in that way, and that's kind of how you should be in your fitness, just in general. We talk about that all the time in terms of strength and, you know, hypertrophy, and then also cardiovascular. Like you need to have that versatility in your fitness, in just in general, in order to be just a well-rounded athlete. And um, you know, that's everything in life, just balance. Yeah, I mean, kind of go back to where we, it's like where should you start with if you're you know getting into training like just again start learning stuff start trying new things i mean mm. if you've never even heard of jujitsu i don't know go watch a class like, right all right well maybe even if you think that's not for you go try it right what, what do you never know everybody sucks at something when they first start you know or we'll find yoga i mean how many people my dad does yoga never in a million fucking years <laughs> did i see my dad do it and now he likes it i mean right, he enjoys right. it i mean you should definitely be doing something out. And I, I think just learning the body, that's number one. Uh, and then using your body and learning, because not everything is perfectly science-based. You have to do practical stuff too. You got to learn by trial and error right. on top of being educated. You do, if you can be educated and put the time and effort in on your own, you're going to be well-rounded as a trainer or a person. And once you do those things, then you can learn maybe your body and understand your body. What's like you just long distance running or long distance, any type of cardio is hard for you, mm-hmm. but you can jump high and you could run fast. Okay. So find a sport or something that caters to those needs right. or the opposite of like, I am not a fucking high jumper. I cannot run very fast. I'm not very super strong. Okay. Well, I pick up something else that is more maybe long distance running or cycling or, you know, something longer cardiovascular that you can do and compete in because it's fun to compete i mean they do age groups and stuff like that like at least try i mean i I think everybody should be doing something to work for you should have a goal set something to train for and then once that you could either do another thing like that or try something like like i said i've done everything i'll do a powerlifting competition or have done it that gives me a few months to train for that. After that, like, all right, I'm done with the heavy lifting for a while. Now I want to do a race right. or blah, blah, blah. And it keeps me motivated. keeps me competitive. And, you know, I like getting my hand raised. I like getting medals. I like, you know, working towards something. You don't always win. Right. But, you know, the effort you put in, I think, far exceeds getting a medal. Right. So um, for, you know, we were kind of talking about like questions at the end and everything. A question I was thinking about for you is like, 
relating back to the versatility in your in your fitness and everything like that does that for you do those same rules apply because i know that you've never really tracked macros you've never really counted a calorie how do you figure that out with your nutrition in terms of like having variety having balance but then never tracking anything ever um i mean as far as with my weights and stuff goes i just have a really good memory i know what weight i'm going to use and mm. how, what my you know program's going to be but as far as macros and stuff goes i mean i i know pretty much you know with each meal like all right, I got a large protein. I got some carbs. I got some fats. You know, I got I got vegetable, maybe a starch, something like that. You know, like I balance mm-hmm. it out to to know um, roughly percentage wise. Like, all right, this is you know maybe probably about thirty percent protein, fifty percent of this is carbs. You know, twenty percent fat. I you know just kind of rough mm-hmm. guesstimate it in my head. I don't. I'm not perfect about it. Right. And, it, and I feel like it works for me. I mean, right. if I feel like I'm like trying to trying to put some more muscle mass in, you know, maybe I'll that's all, you know, I'll start taking protein again just to right. get more protein in. If I feel like I need to lean out, I'm getting a little bit, you know, over what I'd like to be, then I just cut back on carbs. Right. You know, I, I don't I don't want the stress of having to count every fucking calorie I do. Right. I, I mean, I'll I'll uh, you know, meal prep on a Sunday, I'll make some some brown rice, you know, some brown or some, you know, ground chicken. Uh, like yesterday, I just threw chicken in a crock pot. I had some green beans mm-hmm. with it, you know, like. Um, so I, I just have, I mean, I base it around like 50, 30, 20 for the most part. You know, 50% carbs, 30% protein, 20% fat in general. Right. Uh, but I do more athletic stuff. If you're trying to, you're not more into athletics, and you know, maybe you cut the carbs down and stuff like that. But, right. you know, you got to understand your body too. Like if you're doing that. In six months and you've been on it and it's not working clearly you need to change right right you know what i mean like but i know what works for me other people are different yeah i'm sure you know if i wanted to be five percent body fat for a a show and i wanted to absolutely win i'm trying there then i'll you know i might be dial that in a little bit harder but for the most part average person you know eating healthy like we 80 20 rule you're eating 80 percent. but you know staying in those i think people don't understand the like the portion like of 50, 30, 20, like in mm. each meal, right? right? Well, whatever the numbers are for you, you know, I, I try to make each meal right. like that, you know? And so I get my, all my stuff in knowing like, all right, I just didn't eat 100 grams of protein today and one gram of carb, right. you know, like I, and, and drink four ounces. Of, I don't track my water either. I just know, uh, I try to drink water as much, you know, I yeah. fill up a jug, drink it, fill up a jug, drink it, fill up a jug. And I know roughly what I'm drinking, right. but I'm not saying it's wrong to, be on top of track, right. especially if you don't know, you don't understand. It's like in the beginning, right, right. reading a book, understanding, track it, track every fucking calorie, you know, right. you know, until you understand what works for you, what doesn't, yeah. you know, you should be tracking that type of stuff. That's what I was going to say too. I feel like, like you're at a point obviously where you can just do that in your head. You just look at your plate and you know what it looks like. But you're, most people don't have no idea right. what that means. They right. don't even know what a protein is. Right, right. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like, I feel like a lot of the time, people are kind of eating some shitty food choices, and they don't even realize it. And, like, and I, the problem is, they don't educate themselves. Right. So if you don't know, you don't know. Right. I had someone tell me the other day. They were like, I can't remember who it was, but we were talking about. Um, oh, it was. We were talking about uh, this girl that I know is on Whole30, and she's like, Oh, I'm. I think I'm just gonna go get a sandwich from Jimmy John's. Like, I know that. I'll just get like a wrap. I'm like, Okay, well. You're still eating lunch meat. Right. Like it's that's probably the lowest quality meat that you can possibly eat. I mean, it's it's probably got a with pickle sodium. with two 
thousand milligrams of sodium. <laughs> right, exactly. It's packed with salt, and like you're. I understand that you think because it's marketed as healthy that it's healthy, but it's not healthy. Like right. you're not really giving your body any solid nutrition there, and you're really just loading in some empty calories. And that's, uh, you know, that, that's what I was gonna say too. Like I'm not a huge tracker when it comes to my food, but I I'm getting more to the point where I do stuff kind of slowly. Like it, I know, like right now I'm trying to bulk a little bit, so I know that. I really shouldn't ever be to the point where I'm like hungry. If I'm trying to gain some weight, like right. I don't want to feel like I'm really, really hungry for a meal. So I'm constantly eating, but I'm eating like I talked about this in the last episode, how like 90% of my meals when I'm alone, I'm eating chicken and rice and like I'll go home and you know, I'm, I'm prepping my food all the time. Like I am always meal prepping. And that is the biggest thing. I think people obviously are too lazy sometimes to do it but then also like they don't it's like it's a daunting task if you don't know how but the reality is you know the first the first meal prep you make is gonna suck like you're probably gonna burn you know you're gonna overcook your chicken you're gonna burn your rice and it's gonna taste like shit but as you go you'll learn and eventually get better and better and now like i enjoy the meals that i eat and i don't ever feel like i want to go eat some jimmy john's over eating my you know, chicken and rice, because I know that chicken and rice is good, good, high quality food. It's going to fill me up. I'm going to feel great from it versus Jimmy John's. Like, yeah, it might fill me up, but like the amount of calories that I'm eating versus like (laughs) what I'm getting out of it is just not worth it. Yeah. I mean, meal prepping is no different than preparing for anything else, right? You you have, you have a a program written that you're going to follow. I'm, I'm prepping for that. I'm, I'm getting ready for a race. I'm training for that. I'm prepping for that. I mean, it's no different. You just got to do it. I think, and it's so much easier to get some shitty food when you're hungry and tired after work and don't want to spend an hour cooking food. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to grab some quick and easy versus, right. all right, I got some chicken, some rice, and some vegetables already in a container that's made. And as soon as I get home, I can just throw it in the microwave and eat it. Right. And that's, and then you'll be full and you're not going to want or eat that garbage food that you probably would have ate if you didn't have food ready to go and i know i've been guilty of that i mean when i get home I'm like fuck i don't want to make some right, food like for sure but when i got home and i got chicken and rice sitting in there i'm like sweet yeah <laughs> uh, dude it's the best feeling when your meals are prepped and you know that it's good quality stuff it's like i got it i have to eat it because it's going to go bad if i don't and second i want to eat it because i know it's going to be good for me i'm going to feel great there's just you know there's there's a there's a real power to meal prepping that I think a lot of people because they don't do it they don't realize what they're missing out on, and that's what I was gonna say with you not tracking like you eat healthy so right. you really if don't you eat need healthy to track, right you're gonna be fine I mean if right. you're eating quality meats and and you know good carbs and right. fats and stuff like that I mean you're not gonna be fat I mean right. you're really not. I don't see it unless you're eating six thousand calories dude for and, most and burning people, none right for most people who need to lose weight it's like Eat chicken and rice and don't eat until you're stuffed right. for the for the next month, <laughs> and you're gonna lose weight. Like, it's, just... it's not a complicated formula. Right. Uh, it's just difficult to do, especially right. when you've grown up and you let you know certain house where every like, hey, it's pizza nights, Friday night, you right, know, Taco right. Tuesday. And you're, you're always eating these foods that you're just <laughs> so ingrained into your taste buds and brain, like. It's just like even me, like when I was, I would bring a snack and every, like every day I'd bring, I'd bring a snack of like either almonds or a, a banana or something. It's like, but I would always eat it at nine o'clock. Now, no matter what, at nine o'clock AM, mm. like I'm hungry for, right. you know what I mean? You're just, you're like a dog. You get trained into those things and you could untrain 
the other way from right. bad to good. And I, I think, but again, educate yourself, learn, right. ask questions, figure it out. Don't don't play I don't know card and then just be miserable because you don't know. Right. That's worse, in my opinion, than you know not going out there and trying to learn. Right. It's not easy, but it is simple to do. So, do you have a question? Or are we good? Uh, wrap it up. Yeah. So, what would you say is the number one thing that you feel like you don't fully understand yet or want to learn right. more of? Right. Yeah, and you were saying like you think that every trainer should, you know, admit. Yeah, that nobody knows it. everything, and, and, right. and you should. You no one should say, "Hey, I know it all," or "I, right. I know," I, like and lie and just make up Definitely. shit. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I feel that I'm pretty confident in my ability to do strength and hypertrophy training. I have very little confidence in my speed and agility stuff, especially with like younger athletes. Um, and I want to do it because I do have some younger athletes, but, uh, you know, I know that I'm giving them a good foundation by doing strength and hypertrophy training, uh, you know, 80% of the time. Um, but like the little bit of speed and agility stuff that I do, I try not to do anything that I don't know how to do, um, but it's something that I definitely would like to learn more about, um, just to obviously, you know, expand my knowledge and then also apply it with these kids. Um, but to an extent, like we talked about, like these are younger kids, so it's like to an extent, they don't necessarily need to be training like D1 athletes right now. Um, so there's like certain ways that I could, but just for me and my own knowledge, that's definitely something I would like to learn more about. Um, and grow in and like I this past year I, I did some certifications um, around that kind of stuff like with youth fitness and I did learn some and it was I definitely applied some of it with them but um, you know the speed and agility stuff is something I definitely want to continue to work on and right. learn about what about you uh, probably certain nutritional stuff like more like in-depth like you know dietitian style stuff that you know mm -hmm. working with different people on if they have you know allergies and stuff like that there's things that they're just intolerant to um mm. obviously i have a base of nutrition and you know my nutrition is probably more for athletic and you know muscle building fat loss type of stuff but there are people that are that have different needs as far as their nutritional intake and i'd probably say that would be my my least confident thing that i do mm. as far as uh you know, in the fitness realm. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's one of those things that there's, cause it's ever changing every right, day. Right. Fucking, this is good for you. Then the next day it's bad. For <laughs> That's you. what like, I was so going to say. Like, it's it's yeah. always changing. So you right. got to keep up with it. It's always something different for sure. But yeah, I think that about wraps it up. Thank you guys so much for joining us again. This was episode 20 crazy. So we will uh, catch you in the next one. Bye.